It's 98.9 WCLZ. Good afternoon. I'm Brian Farrell, and I've got a special guest in studio with me today, a guest DJ. We have Bill Payne, founding member of Little Feet in town tonight uh, for a show at the State Theater. Bill, thanks for being here. Good pleasure, Brian. Thank you. Uh, what do you get to start us off with? I'm going to start off with uh, Howlin' Wolf. Um, it says all in the mood, but he sings everybody's in the mood. And um, I... I one of the first things I heard when I was in L.A., I'd heard it before, but uh, in Lowell's record collection, he had some Howlin' Wolf. Uh, later in life, I got a chance to work with Willie Dixon, who wrote a lot of songs for Howlin' Wolf. And Paul Brer and Richie and I did that at the uh, Madison Square Garden. A tribute to John Lee Hooker. <clears throat> and I also played on one of John Lee's records as well. So um, I got some blues songs here. We're, I'm going to take us through a little uh, ride this morning or this afternoon. And uh, but yeah, Howlin' Wolf, uh, Chester Burnett, let's dig it. Howlin' Wolf, all in the mood. Everybody's in the mood. It's ninety-eight nine with the CLZ. We've got Bill Payne as our guest DJ with us uh, inside uh, CLZ right now. Of course, we don't normally play Howlin' Wolf, but we make exceptions for whatever the guest DJ wants to play, as long as there's no uh, uh, f bombs. Then we're pretty much good to go. Good. So, <laughs> well, there's not an f bomb in the next tune, but it is a little racy. Well, that's okay. That's okay. We're going back in time for a lot of the stuff, which is which is great. I mean, is this some of the stuff that you that you first were introduced to when you were getting into music? No, the stuff I was listening to was like Alley Oop, and uh, uh, later on we'll, we'll have a, 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 one of the songs I listened to as a kid. Uh, There's Big Boy Pete by the Olympics, which I think it was in fourth or fifth grade, and it kind of had a New Orleans thing to it, but which I didn't know at the time. Um, but that's a great tune too. I, I, I seriously thought of pulling that one in, but, uh, six songs, you've got to sort of make your, uh, make your stand. So, but Percy Mayfield is uh, an artist that, um, I was unfamiliar with, to be honest with you, <clears throat> but he had these whacked out songs. And the one I chose is called Loose Lips. So it's, uh, I think music ought to have an edge to it. It ought to be a little dangerous and a lot of fun too. Here it is. Percy Mayfield is loose lips on CLZ. Wow. 98.9 WZLZ. Portland, Maine is Bill Payne. You just heard Percy Mayfield, loose lips. I tell you, you should have done this for a living. I say that every time we have guest DJs in. Would you do this? Would you, if, if we could get you a show, maybe not here on CLZ, would you do like an internet show someday? I did one in Montana. I took people on a, an excursion for... They, they will give me an hour. And I told them what I wanted to do. They gave me two hours. And I, I, I did uh, Roots music and took them through uh, pygmy music into uh, African pygmy music into um, New Orleans, early New Orleans, Zydeco stuff, and then into Big Boy Pete. And we were fading some things because you, you didn't want to listen to two minutes of, <laughs> which is cool, but... Uh, it almost sounds like uh, the pygmy music was almost like calliope music. And calliope leads you right into uh, New Orleans. So, yeah, no, I, I, there was a guy named Dick Shipley that I used to listen to. And we had rotary phones where, okay, the first person to dial in, the 10th person to dial in, I'd always have it on the last thing, and I'd let it, the last digit, and I'd let it go. And I, the first record I won was uh, The Ghost of Billy Malou uh, by Dorsey Burnett. <clears throat> Dorsey's son was in... Uh, I don't think he was in Fleetwood Mac, but he knew the 
he was in a band with people from Fleetwood Mac. And uh, I told him about his dad and all this. So, uh, But yeah, uh, radio is, at least radio, I'm imagining the way you guys do it too, is, is pretty cool. We try to play a little of everything if we can. And yeah. it's great too because... You know, you can do that to a certain extent, but I mean, if people aren't listening, then you have to kind of change what you're doing. Absolutely. But Portland's just weird enough for us that we can do like <laughs> stuff like this today. You know, there's no other station in town that's going to be doing something like this. And we really want to thank you for taking time with us today to do this. I know this has been a, a long year. You guys have been touring 50th anniversary. And when we talk about 50, we've been doing a lot of these over these last, I don't know, two, three years for different bands. Mm-hmm. As you think about that, that number... Uh, what kind of sticks out, I guess, when you stop and think about 50? You know, I, I, it's just, it's just uh, the ride, the journey. Um, I, I always thought as a, as a younger guy <clears throat> that I would probably do my, some of my best work when I was older. Uh, I'm not denigrating anything I've done up to date. It was just that I'd have the experience. Um, I mean, it's embarrassing almost when I talk to people like, They'll bring up, oh, James Taylor. Oh, I worked with James for six years, that kind of thing. Um, Bonnie Ray. Oh, yeah, we we met Bonnie when she was first starting out. We were at Max's Kansas City in uh, in New York and started off. We maybe we play a song or two. We were there for a week at this Max's Kansas City. By the end of the week, we were playing everything with her. And uh, uh, I met my first wife, uh, Fran Tate Payne, uh, uh, when she and Emily Harris came to hear us uh, in the Baltimore area. We were recording uh, Feats Don't Fail Me Now. And uh, I just saw Emmy probably three months ago. And uh, uh, met John Meacham, who's an author, uh, a friend of mine at Jack Spencer's house in, uh, in Nashville. Emmy's doing great. And uh, it's uh, that part of the journey is just, it's something you kind of look back on and and say, you know, it's it's, it's really been a, a, an interesting ride. Um, we live in strange, strange times right now. I tried to tell people, well, look, I survived Nixon. Let's see what happens with Trump. Uh, I knew it was going to be a disaster, and it's only proved to be that and more. But what that helps with with regard to artists, um, they're our first line of 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 uh, offense to sanity in a certain sense. They also introduce insanity. It's a fine line between the two. But we, we don't work in a vacuum. We, we, we push off of things, and then we share those things with people, and we, we gather uh, uh, strength and knowledge through, through whomever it is we're, we're dealing with. So, so what I'm playing for people today, Brian, if you like Helen Wolf, if you, if you like Percy Mayfield, Google them, find out who they are. If you don't know who they are, if you like the music, <clears throat> see what their antecedents are. Um, maybe check out Eric Clapton. Who is he listening to? Sonny Boy Williamson, let's say. Find out who he is. Those lines are, are about being inquisitive, and that's something that can carry you through in life. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful journey. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit as we continue playing these songs, and uh, that informs... Uh, Everything from your politics to the food you eat, the, the what you listen to, what you read, and the relationships you have with people. 
One thing I wanted to ask you about within that is I had seen an interview from you. It might have been about 10 years ago. And you were talking, I think you had been doing a gig with Yorma from, from uh, Airplane. And you said something along the lines of you've both had lived long enough to handle what you've experienced and you know what you want to say. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, a lot of times you're, you're searching for for whatever your 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 fulcrum is, where your balance is. And when you're out of balance, it's tough to, to articulate what it is you want to say. Um, I, it's not like I don't second-guess myself. I do a lot, as we all do as human beings. But I have certain things that are that are a little more concrete. Like when somebody's handing me a line of, of, of BS, I recognize it, and I'm going to say something. Um, I think that... Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they go, oh, well, um, you know, Pete Buttigieg, he's gay. No one will vote for him. I go, no, there are plenty of people who vote for him. Uh, let's, let's remember that Barack Obama, was, was, he wasn't black enough. And he wasn't black enough to uh, Sam Clayton, who's in Little Feet, who's plenty black. <laughs> and I said, well, check him out. He just spoke down in the, uh, the area where Martin Luther King used to, to, uh, to live, and, and it was at the church that he, he was at. And it... It's just just being patient with people and seeing where things go. But I, I had a certain sense of all that, too, being born in Texas but raised in California, but visiting Texas a lot as a kid. And blacks had to sit up in the, uh, the balcony of my dad's theater, the Palace Theater in Moody, Texas. I couldn't bring a black child into my uncle's drugstore. Bill, why are you doing uh, well, Uncle Will, I just want to give her an ice cream cone. Well, we can't do that. This is Texas. It's not California where you go to school with these, these kids. I understand that, but this is Texas. So you, you, you learn a lot. And so now we're back into this, well, racism. Well, we're right back in the thick of it again, right? I mean, it's just uh, it's shocking to, to see and hear it. But, but to be able to sit and articulate it, what I'm doing is drawing on my past, what I read, uh, the conversations I have with people, and what I just know to be true. Um, that's the, the truth is the thing that's getting trampled in this, and it's done on purpose, and that's the shame of it, is that there's certain, certain people that buy into it. So the, um, when you think of that speech that Trump gave, where it's like, you knew I was a snake when you took me in, you know, the, the lady that, that famous speech he gave. He was the snake, and is the snake. And, uh, but... Um, it's uh, people that think, well, what does that have to do with music? It has everything to do with music. It's about getting away from that stuff, and it's also about embracing it and knowing what you're, what you're up against. Do you want to, uh, rock and roll is about freedom, first and foremost. The blues is about uh, a road that people had to tramp down to, to, to try and find that elusive word, freedom. It's, it's all meaningful. And it's not even about being a black American. I mean, I've, uh, you know, Greg Allman sang the blues. Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of people on both sides of the fence that can sing, sing about something. It's can you deliver it and is it real? And that's what I look for in music and in people too. We're getting back to the music in just a little bit on CLZ. We've got Bill Payne. He's our guest DJ today. Fats Domino. I'm walking. It's 98.9 WCLZ. We've got Bill Payne of Little Feet here. He's our guest DJ today. Little Feet is in town tonight for a show at the State Theater celebrating 50 years. Bill, thank you again for being here. And that song, the first, when I 
played it again the other day as I was getting ready for this. It took me back immediately. You know, you hear songs for the first time and you just remember where you were. And I remembered first time I saw the Blues Brothers and there's a scene in that with Fats Domino. And then I found out, were you almost in the Blues Brothers or something like that? Is that I've, true? I, I play with the Blues Brothers every now and then. I played on their second album. I was asked to be in that movie. Um, <laughs> I told you it's embarrassing sometimes because any, any topic comes, oh, I was there. Um, was it Theodore Roosevelt always wanted to be the, uh, he wanted to be the corpse at every funeral and the, and the groom at every wedding. Uh, it's not like I wanted to be that, but I, 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 I was in many cases. Um, um, John Belushi once, I, I played a gig with him at the uh, oh, Universal City uh, to usher in that movie. It's what it was. A, uh, it was a rap party. Was what it was called. And he says, Bill, I, I always wanted to do the Lowell George story. I said, man, you would be perfect, John, for it. And he passed away about three months later, whatever the heck it was. And I didn't realize that he and James Taylor were friends, dear friends. And that uh, his death actually uh, probably saved James's life, who then began to think of his own mortality and, uh, and finally dealt with things in a, in a progressive way, I guess. And, and James is thankfully still with us. He's a, a wonderful voice in every sense of the word. That's pretty interesting when I think about the Blues Brothers. I think about, you know, like Paul Schaefer, of course, and I, I think about you guys in that same light where you've just been, like you just talked about, but it's true. There are some people in the music world, I think of them almost like a Forrest Gump where you're just at everything. Something has happened and they're at, they were there some for some for, form. One, for, for some form No news. Yeah, I played with the, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. You know, really? Oh, okay, well, uh, <clears throat> it puts some people off and, and uh, I was in Montana, and I'm talking to this guy, and he says, you know, I really don't care. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Let me just put it to this, this way. I'm not trying to impress you. All I'm trying to tell you is I actually did it. Is that bragging if you did it? Yeah, I said, right. sorry, I know all these people. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I commented on his stuff later. I said, I, I thought what you played was beautiful. And he kind of lightened up. I think he just thought it was like, he thought I was a local or something. Yeah. Thought, no, I'm not local to anything. I'm like, <laughs> as you and I speak, I've been gone for just shy of, by the time I get home on the 28th, which is in Montana, I will have been out on the road for three months, which is, uh, you know, weigh that against six days on the road. And I'm going, you know, it's not six days. It's like uh, whatever, whatever it is. It's, it's a long time. It's 120 days. No. Um, but talk about someone that's been on the road for a long time. The never-ending tour is basically still going for Bob Dylan. I know you've got that lined up for us next. Why did you pick this this next song? Well, because of Dylan, um, <clears throat> and because of the times. He 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 writes about things that are timeless. There's a reason he's got a is it the Nobel Prize and all this. I mean, it's it's this is not a fluke. This guy is uh, it's unbelievable. And this song, which uh, um, says a lot. It's this is written what forty five years ago, I mean, maybe even longer than that. Uh, it could have been written yesterday. It's a hard rain's gonna fall. There's Bob Dylan. A hard rain's gonna fall in ninety eight nine. WCLZ, another handpicked song from Bill Payne. He is our guest DJ. Uh, he is in town celebrating fifty years now of Little Feet. They are back at the State Theater. 
I should say back. I'm I'm, I'm going to guess this is your first time at the State Theater. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. We'll say back, and we'll just go with it. Yeah, I, I think we played there before. Oh, okay, good. It seems like we have. Yeah. <laughs> I played? don't know. We'll play there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, like we said, celebrating 50 years. We had a band over the weekend. who's uh, a, a band from around here. They just celebrated their 10-year anniversary together, and we yeah. thought, 10 years, okay, so they're a fifth of the way from where we're going to be on Tuesday when we're with, when we're with Little Feet. Um, and with Dylan there, I had heard another story where he, w- we talked about your memory before this and how you remember so much, but Bob Dylan, is it true that you saw him at the bottom line at like, I don't know how, what year that would have been. He still recognized that you were there years later. Do you know that story I'm talking about? Yeah, I was on, out on a, out on a tour with Phil Lash and friends and that included Robin Ford, Paul Brer, John Molo. And, uh, I wanted my son to meet Bob who was opening every show he could have opened or closed he's all open and then he would take off um so bob walks up to me and my my kid he goes billy how's it going <clears throat> uh you remember the bottom line i go yeah bob I'm, like, I'm thinking god how does he remember it um you were just off off to the right of me in the center of the place and it scared the hell out of me uh, so yeah he's got a great memory too. what year was that you think yeah, it'd be in the early 70s and so we, we talked about this a little bit before uh, we got going, but with Little Feet, I, it's like it's every musician's favorite band. That's what it seems yeah. like when I talk to people that, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, if they weren't completely influenced by Little Feet, there's some part of them that uh, is influenced by Little Feet. How does that make you feel now after all these years? As you can probably still continue to meet bands that have that influence. Well, you know, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful feeling and, and a humbling one, um, to tell you the truth. It's, a, it's something Lowell and I discussed when we first put the band together in 69. We didn't think we would be a, a household name, and we're not, but we felt we would resonate within the musical and, and uh, creative community, and we have. Um, so that has to do with influences that are coming out and coming in. Um, on again, at just about any level. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I love it when people come up and say, it was like, this is when I was 34 years old or 38 years old. I guess it was 38. Somebody who came in to the, one of our gigs and it was his mom. And, and uh, he says, my mother turned me on to you guys when I was six years old. I'm 26 now and, and I'm playing piano. I'm in a band, but you're the guy that got me started. I was like, really? Wow. <laughs> okay. That's, I'm 38 at that time. Yeah. You know, so that was a real eye opener. And since we are talking about 50 years with this band, I, I have to ask the story about the beginning of the band because I, I I've, you're one of those groups that I, I, don't, I don't believe every story yet because there hasn't been... I built, ben Fong Torres did write a book about you guys, but there seems to be different rumors and I can't nail where it actually began. Is it true? What's the true story behind Willen and when Lowell is in Zappa's band? Well, there's some debate as to whether Lowell was actually in Zappa's band. I don't know that he actually was. Uh, Frank had considered it. Um, When I saw the album Uncle Meat, there was an actual photo of Lowell in there. But later I heard that he wasn't quite in the band yet, or they they were working towards it. But when Frank heard the song Willin', he said, well, you ought to start your own group. And that's about when I heard heard from about Lowell, not from him. I had to get in touch with him. So, um, yes, that, that part of the ride is very circuitous, and uh, um, as it would be. But Frank, Frank really helped 
uh, initially formed Little Feet, and I, I met him. I wanted to I wanted to join Frank Zappa's band myself. I pretty quickly figured out I I probably didn't have the chops to do it, and even if I did, I I was locked in with Lowell by that point, and and we were starting Little Feet. Um, and you talk about a different time too. Is it true that you just called up Frank's label and said, "I I, I want I want in on the band." I called that label <clears throat> several times. There were two uh, two labels I could have called. One was Straight Records, and the other was Bizarre. I called Bizarre. So um, I spoke uh, a couple times, and <laughs> what do you say? I'm a, uh, I know how to play the piano, and I'm, I'm I think I'm pretty good. And well, finally they said, "Well, let's introduce you to somebody," which was Jeff Simmons from a group called Eureka, which was one of Frank's satellite bands. And then I met Jeffrey, and then he turned me on to Lowell, and I called him back again. And years later, when I was working with Bob Seeger and earning you know, a lot of money working with Bob, I saw the lady at one of our shows in Los Angeles, probably at the Forum, and I profusely thanked her for uh, having given me a shot. Because she's the one that was answering the phone that whole time. Yeah. Like that's, I think, the craziest part to me, and maybe that's just a different, a different era. But I think, like, if if I was that person answering that phone, I mean, how many of those calls do you get, and do you give everybody the time of day that they gave you, or is that just, you know what I mean? She didn't give me the time of day initially, but I was persistent, <laughs> <clears throat> and um, I'm, I'm a persuader. I'm an instigator, um, which is not to say that it was. It was put to ill use. I, I was kind of desperate to, to get something going. Um, but I think she heard the sincerity in my voice, and, and she thought, well, you know, the guy's either going to meet these people and they're going to blow him off or, or he's got something to offer, and maybe it will take off. And it, it certainly did take off. And I found out a lot about myself. I'd never written a song before. Um, we had a record out. Elliot Inberg, who was with the uh, Mothers of Invention, the original group, came over to Lowell's house, and he had this, uh, it was on Psychedelic Label, and it was uh, Acid Head Productions. I had not a clue when I made the record, as in probably 1966, maybe 67, what it even, even meant at the time, um, although shortly thereafter I did, <laughs> um, with regard to LSD and all that. But uh, uh, at the time, it was... I said, well, Elliot, why, why do you have this record? Because of psychedelic records, Acid Head Productions. I thought, i got to hear what's on this, because no one was promulgating that stuff back then. And so we'll hop back into the music. We've got Bill Payne. He's our guest DJ with us today. This next song, it's just it's as iconic. When I think of this album, this is the first song that comes to my mind. Tell us why you picked this next song. Well, Miles Davis, right? So Miles Davis and Bill Evans, um, it's called Blue and Green. And I, I chose it just because the, the, uh, the me- melody of the track is, is gorgeous. It's a reflective song. You can really just kind of let the world pass you by, relax a little bit. Um, and I, I, you mentioned Don was earlier. Uh, Don was involved in that uh, Blue Note documentary. Well, two of the guys that were in that documentary were Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter. And they're associated not with this record, but they did work with Miles. So there's Miles was, again, like not unlike Zappa and um, people that, that have their own 
their, their own sun within a, uh, a solar system that are bringing people, planets into alignment, bringing people in. This is who Miles Davis was, and, and Bill Evans is just a, a perfection when it comes to a certain type of piano style. So, like, uh, how like when you were getting into when really getting into music, was Bill Evans a guy that you would have listened to all the time, or is this something that would have come years down the line? It came years down the line. People introduced me to his music. Um, I'd heard of Miles Davis, um, but I I wasn't really a jazz guy. And uh, I've, I've since, um, this really probably in the last three years or so, have um, been listening to a lot of music on Amazon Music. Other people use Spotify. I listen on Amazon. And um, my musical vocabulary has exponentially grown because of it. And um, so I, I'm reading Herbie's book. Uh, I think it's called Possibilities. There's another book on on uh, on Wayne Shorter that's fabulous. I went I was out went on tour with the Doobie Brothers this summer with with uh, Carlos Santana. Uh, he and I sat in his little dressing room and he played me a track of uh, of Wayne's, um, uh, and we spoke about him for a little while. And, and he's he's on all these uh, these beautiful documentaries as well. Um, one on John. John Coltrane. There's another one on Miles Davis, which I urge people to see called Birth of the Cool. And with that, we should probably uh, check this song out. 98.9 WCLZ, Portland, Maine. This is Bill Payne from Little Feet, from the Doobie Brothers. You know, we're just listening to Miles Davis and, and Bill Evans, Blue and Green. Um, Google that one and check it out, and you're going to open a whole new world for yourself. We talked about it earlier today with the Blues Brothers, and there's that famous opening line there that Dan Aykroyd says, you know, in 15, 20 years, whatever it is, you know, the only place to be able to listen to blues records are in your local library section. And now I love that, <laughs> you know, this many years later, we can tell people to go and Google Miles Davis or Google that album or go and Google whatever, because you can still find this stuff everywhere. It's, I, my uncle just gave me his copy of of uh, Kind of Blue uh, back over the summer that I just didn't have a copy at the house. I'd listened to it on CD my whole life, but... It all sort of, it's the good stuff never disappears, is, I guess is what I'm thinking. Well, Beethoven's still doing pretty good. So. <laughs> As I often say, somebody said, why are you guys playing New Orleans music? I go, well, I play Mozart and I'm not from Austria. Is that okay with you? I'm not from Hamburg and I play some Beethoven. Um, you know, listen, it's not about anything other than, than what we normally do uh, as, as human beings, which we try and shrink things to uh, to where we, we can wrap our, our feeble minds around it. <laughs> these, these things are classics for a reason. They resonate with our hearts and our minds. And uh, they generally they uplift us, but they also they transport us. As you were saying earlier, when you heard the, uh, the song of Fats Domino, uh, I'm, I'm walking, and you go, I remember this certain thing that, that took place. Music is, is is vital, it's strong, it's not benign, and uh, I think that uh, it's one of those those mediums in art that, that really, um, we try and bury it as many times as we say there's not a God or, or this and that. I don't know if there is or not, but I know there is music and, the, and there's a thing called the soul, and uh, which leads me into this next song. 
Uh, if anybody has soul and a soul, it's Stevie Wonder. And when, when Barack Obama had that song uh, that was his campaign signature tune, I just, man, listen, I was brought up a Southern Baptist and we're not supposed to dance, but I can't help but dance when I listen to this song. I played at every church in town, which ruined me for religion, but uh, I got to say I get religion when I listen to this tune. So I hope you, I, let's take it on a high note and keep the faith, everybody. It's going to be all right, I believe. It's just going to take a little while. So make sure to catch Little Feet tonight, everybody. We're at the State Theater. Uh, Bill Payne has been our guest DJ with us today. Thank you so much for doing this. It really pleasure. means a lot. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you.